Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, I welcome you to the presence of God. Um, today being Thursday, um, Revival Hour, the Lord will revive you in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your Bible with me to the book of Prophet Isaiah, chapter 40. Then we shall do a textual study of verse 31. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. We'll then go and pray. As a pastor and a teacher, my resolution in the ministry is whether I speak to one person or ten or hundred or a thousand, the same devotion, the same insight, the same understanding, and the same unction and anointing that I receive from the Lord is uh, going to be constant. It doesn't matter the numbers. The Lord does not save by multitude. So when you are here in his presence, what you should do is put aside all your worries, put aside all your concerns, put aside all your externalities, and say in your heart, Lord, I focus on you. I want you in a split second to make that commitment in your heart right now. You don't need to verbalize it. Just speak to the Lord in your heart that, Father, as your word will be coming forth, I focus on you. And as you have prayed, the Lord will answer your prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. For us as adults and the children who are in our midst. From the book of Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31, we are going to look at the topic, the gift of waiting. The gift of waiting. We are doing a textual study of Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31. The gift of waiting. Let me read the scripture from here, then we'll proceed. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 that, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. For most of us matured believers, we are very familiar with the King James translation of this portion of the Bible that says, those who wait upon the Lord. This generation that we live in is one that is in a hurry. It wants everything to happen fast. Call it a microwave generation. We all know what a microwave is in a woman's kitchen. If you want to get something heated up very fast, 
if you want to defrost something that has been in the freezer for a week in less than 10 15 minutes don't go for any other thing than the microwave so when you understand microwave you understand what i mean when i say that the generation we live in is a microwave generation or to drive the point home for the children to understand this generation we live in call it instant no do generation praise the lord Hallelujah. praise the lord Hallelujah. instant no do generation we have a food that is very common with the children it is no do if you don't want to cook rice for 10 15 20 minutes you just want a very fast snack that you can prepare in less than five minutes what the children will go for is no do so that's why it is called instant no do but in the local palace they say it is indomie hallelujah so this generation is a microwave or instant nodu generation but for all you care god does not operate like that god created times and seasons and others our lives in phases to god there is a time for everything under the sun and one of the attributes of god's creation is what this generation has lost the gift of waiting the scripture has not changed the scripture cannot be broken if any man will receive anything from the lord if any man would be useful to god in this generation he must embrace accept and practice the gift of waiting if you read isaiah the prophet was a very meticulous man in fact when you read verse 31 you will think that isaiah is not just a prophet but has a degree in orientology orientology is the study of birds or maybe he has a specialization or interest in what we call bird watching some people they have hobby of bird watching all they do is at their pastime they observe birds of the air because the way isaiah presented god's message to the people and used the simile of eagle is so graphic that even a layman will understand it inside this verse 31 is the theology of redemption is the theology of receiving from the lord but he so simplified it with a simile that is he compared our relationship with god how it should be what it should look like with animal or birds of the year in this particular instance eagle eagle is a spectacular bird people have written so many things about it how it is a strong bird how it, it is a bird with vision how it has very strong claws to grab uh, praise from the ground 
how it can see from many kilometers why it is in this in the sky and so on and so forth some people even exaggerated that a bird a typical eagle can live up to 40 years and after it has renewed it can live for another 30 years science did not tell us like that specialists in bed says that the maximum that an eagle can live is between 25 to 30 years old but what is isaiah communicating by using eagle as an example he says that people who wait on the lord they will renew strength like eagle how does eagle as a bird of prey renew strength how does eagle comes into the writing of the scriptures what is special about this bird now what is interesting about eagle that made isaiah who received the revelation to use eagle to illustrate god's message is that eagle as a bird goes through the process of metamorphosis that from age four weeks up to five years it keeps changing the feather and building a very strong feather until it reaches age five and it is ready from week four that it is born up to age five it goes through eight stages of life and each stage produces a kind of wing and feather that will prepare it for the future and life of a bird of prey a bird of prey is that animal or bird that depend on smaller animals to live eagles don't eat dead animals like vulture it carries them life finish them off take them to its house in the very on top of the tree very high tree to go and finish them there an eagle flying in the air can sight a fish inside the water and it has that innate inbuilt capacity to fly from the height down to where the fish is very close to the surface of the water deep inside grab it with his uh, claws and go back up there he has that capacity but he did not uh, acquire the capacity overnight he spends a period of five years to build the capacity from week four he moves from one stage to the other and by the time he's five years old his head will be shining and his feather will be gray like it shows that he's matured and ready before then he does other things 
in preparation for launching out. But the most important thing for the ego is that as it's going through these eight stages, is building capacity. And that's what Isaiah is saying. It is not easy to wait for that length of time. Other beds are already enjoying all over the place. So the ego will be wondering, what am I doing going through these eight stages? Is it not punishment? But the assignment that nature has for it requires that level of preparation. Hallelujah. And that's why Isaiah compared our life as Christians, compared our life as people of God with that of the preparation of an eagle. This message will not apply to everybody. It will apply to those who choose to trust in the Lord. There are people that identify themselves as children of God. Unfortunately, their trust is not in God. It is in something else. By their confession, by their body language, you will know where their confidence and trust in is in. Such category of people, when you preach this type of message, they are not interested. They are the people that tell you heaven helps those who help themselves. That phrase is not in the Bible. In the first place, heaven does not help anybody. Because the psalmist says, I will lift up my eyes to the mountain. Where does my help come from? The mountains, beyond the mountains, you have the heavens. And the psalmist responded by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that my help comes from the Lord. You see, there is no help in heaven. It's just cloud. It's an empty, vast space. If you are not careful, the territorial spirit that inhabits the heavens can hijack that process and people fall prey to help that is not from the Lord. So Isaiah said, those who wait on the Lord, they will have strength. This strength that they will have is renewed strength. They will gain new strength. Why? Because the face of our life is divided into two by God. If you read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, you have a very good understanding. But here Isaiah broke it down into two. We have the face of walking and the face of running. I will come to that. But first of all, there is a relationship among waiting, strength, and renewal because life itself is a journey where you run and walk 
If you don't run well, if you don't walk well, you can faint. And running, walking, they are metaphor for the face of life. In Psalm 103, verse 5, the Bible says, He fills my life with good things. Hallelujah. God will fill your life with good things in Jesus' name. Your life will not know bitterness. Your life will not know sorrow. Your life will not know sadness. But by reason of today's fellowship, the Lord will fill your life with good things in the name of Jesus. The psalmist says, He fills my life with good things in Psalm 103 verse 5. My youth is renewed like the eagles. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, what does run represent as a metaphor? What does walk represent as a metaphor? What does faint represent as a metaphor? Because Isaiah himself said, those who wait on the Lord, they will gain new strength. That's another translation. Those who trust in the Lord, they will gain new strength by reason of their trust, like the eagles, so that when they run, they will not grow weary. When they walk, they will not faint. Is this not a contradiction in life? You walk before you run. But Isaiah put run ahead of walk to suggest that the psalmist in 103 verse 5 is correct. That my youth is renewed like the eagles. Run represents the youth phase of life. Are you with me now? Because you need to pay attention tonight. Run represents the youth phase of life. That is the time that you have dreams. That is the time that you have passion. That is the time that you have energy. That is the time that you have freedom. You are excited. When you see a young man or a young woman, he wants to take risks. He wants to leave the house and travel. He wants to have fun and enjoy. They are running. They are running. If anybody tries to restrain them, my son, that's danger. I said, forget it. You have lived your own time. You are inspired. Allow me. The time of youth represents run. The time of adulthood is the time of walking. Then you have dreamt. You have been excited. You've had passion. You've burnt your energy. Now you are matured. You have responsibilities. You are mindful of generational growth. You can no longer run. What you do is you walk. If as an adult you are running, you will definitely hurt yourself. You will definitely be injured. And that fainting is a metaphor for that transitional lapse that we experience 
in the time of running or in the time of walking. It could also mean old age. It could be burn out. It could be stress. It could be fatigue. It could be failure. It could be physical degeneration. Every day when you wake up, you are one day short the time that you will die. In young Kaljori, Olonu Kaljori Atisu. That is the order of God. A man that is 70 years old that is celebrating. Everyone is waiting for him if he's a Christian. Because if you count five years, you'll be 75. You cannot be 65. You count your age for what you don't count it backward. So those who say, they are fools. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you don't understand the time of youth and the time of adulthood and the transitional lapse between them, then your life will be filled with struggle. You will not be able to wait on the Lord. Let me give you a classical example in the Bible. Gehazi. Elijah took over from Elijah. Am I correct? Gehazi, by ordering of prophets, should have taken over from Elijah. But because he does not understand what Isaiah is saying here, he ran ahead of his time. When he was supposed to wait, he was running. He was running. Why? Because greed was found in his life. Somebody else's own could be impatience. Somebody else's own could be um, prayerlessness. It could be anything. But in the case of Gehazi, greed was found in him. Just like pride was found in, 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 in Satan. Pride. Greed was found. The man of God said, let God be glorified in the healing of Naaman. Don't collect anything from the general of Syria. But Gehazi thought that the man of God is stupid. Behind him, he ran ahead and met the general. General, The prophet made a mistake by not collecting those gifts. So when you left, he had a rethink. And he told me to run after you. Oh no, my pleasure. Take everything, take everything. So when he collected them, he could not confidently go and show it to the man of God. He hid them. Because when he was supposed to be walking, he was running. He could not wait on the Lord. And the eyes of understanding of the man of God was opened. I said, where are you coming from? I'm fine. I went to the backyard. Gehazi, where are you coming from? You went and collected gifts from the general? What God cured from the general will not depart from you and your generation. And so it was. And he lost out completely. 
from the other. You see it? He did not understand waiting. Waiting is an inherent gift of nature. That is why Isaiah compared our need to wait with that of an eagle. God has a big assignment for eagle compared to other birds. God has a big assignment for you as a Christian compared to ordinary people. So the law that guides you cannot guide the other ordinary people. So inbuilt into our new birth is the gift and the capability to wait because waiting is an integral part of the process of growth and phase of life. Jesus looked at some people and he asked them a question in Matthew chapter 6 verse 27. He says, can all your worries had a single moment to your life? That's New Living Translation. In Matthew 6 27 he said, can all your worries, you worried about the Roman government, you worried about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you worry about the Sanhedrin, you worry about nature, you worry about everything, if you put together all this worry, can they have a single moment to your life? The answer is no. The answer is no. It cannot change the, the, the order of, of nature. Waiting is the bridge that connects the transitions of our life from one phase to another. And Jesus was an example. Jesus will go to the cross. That, for that reason, he came. But humanly speaking, he dreaded the cross. But you know what? Because he had learned by reason of what he suffered to wait, he surrendered to the will of God. In Luke 22, verse 42, New Living Translation, it says, Father, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. He understood waiting. He understood waiting. The issue is not the Satan. Satan only takes advantage of the meditations and the thoughts of our acts. The issue is us and our level of understanding of the things of God. So then, what is waiting? Waiting is very simple. It is time interval when you have to trust God. That time interval, only God knows it. Let me ask you four cogent questions using men and women of God in the Bible. What did you think, what do you think Joseph was doing between the time he had his dreams and when he became the prime minister of Egypt? What do you think he was doing? That is time interval. What did you think he was doing? Number two, what did you think that Abraham was doing between what God called him, when God called him and when Isaac was born? 
Joseph's time in Tava was 14 years. Abraham's time in Tava was 25 years. <laughs> 14 years is a lot of time. In Nigeria, a child of 14 is a teenager and it will be in SS1 or SS2 in secondary school. Abraham's case is bad. 25 years. A girl of 25 years should be prepared to go to her husband's house if she finishes school and does her national service on time. But that was the time interval for Abraham to wait. What was Job doing between when he was destroyed by Satan and when God restored everything back to him on the foot? What was he doing? Think about it and look at your life. Use these people to measure your life and see whether God's time interval makes sense to you. And lastly, what did you think that Paul, apostle, was doing? Between when he encountered Jesus on the way to Damascus and when he was commissioned to ministry and sent on his first visionary journey in Jerusalem. Time interval is what it means to wait. Your time interval is different from mine. It is your responsibility to find out your time interval in the place of prayer. Because those who wait in the Lord learn to trust Him. And look, people of God, trust may look like abstract. Would that be orati a ridi mu? Orati o yeni? Kini tu masike yon beke leyon? What does it mean to trust? Let me break it down for us this evening. In our everyday life, to trust means to be patient. That's it. To trust means to be patient. That word patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And that's why I said waiting is inherent inside a child of God. It's part of you when you go born again. Don't allow the enemy, the devil, to let ignorance of the world, ignorance of who you are, destroy God's plan and purpose for your life. Patience is the courage to be still. Hallelujah. Patience is the courage. Patience is not passive. It's not passive at all. Patience is an active word. It is the courage to be still. When the disciples were with Jesus in the boat and storm was raging all around them, threatening to swallow the boat and Jesus was sleeping in the boat. They were afraid. They were trembling. Mind you, these were fishermen. They were not strangers to storm. But what was inside that storm scared them. 
What was in that storm terrified them. It exceeded their capacity to handle the boat. And it will seem as if the boat will sink. But Jesus was sleeping. Jesus knew that he came to this earth to die on the cross. The death of water is not his covenant. The death by storm is not his covenant. He knew that there was storm. You know the way as a mother you will be pretending that you are sleeping. You know that the children are playing pranks in the house. But you will be on the bed. You will just lie down and put your head. Once in a while you open your eyes and close it again. You see what the children are doing. Even in their mind they say, Mommy, it is soon. They are not sleeping. Jesus knew. He was testing them and training them and building in them the courage to be still. Patience with God. When he realized that they were overwhelmed, the Bible says in Matthew 8:26 that he said to them, Why are you afraid? You men of little faith, you men of little confidence, you men of zero patience. Then he got up. That's why I said that patience is not passive. Then he got up. And rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. Hallelujah. The courage to be still, that's what patience is. That's one of the things you pray for this evening. That in the midst of storm, in the midst of wind, in the midst of the sea, you rise up. Rebuke the storm, rebuke the wind, rebuke the sea, and obtain a perfect calm. Because you never can tell whether the devil is hijacking the storm and the wind and the sea to harass your life or to intimidate your family. You don't know. Because the devil is very trickish. He's a trickster. It can use anything, it can camouflage anything to, to harass you, to buffet you, to intimidate you. You need to stand up and rebuke it. And maintain your calmness in the midst of it. What the devil wants you to do is to panic. What he wants you to do is to be running from pillar to post. What he wants you to do is to throw up your hands in resignation that, what you tough me. But as a child of God who understands that those who trust in the Lord will gain new strength, what you should do is to rise and rebuke the storm and rebuke the wind and rebuke the sea. This demonic trinity, rebuke them and you would regain your perfect calm. Patience means quietness. One of the most difficult things to attain in life is to be quiet. Man is made to prattle. Know what it means to prattle? To be talking, talking, talking. Mm. Patience means Quietness. 
And it is in quietness that your soul communicates with its source. Look, people, our body belongs to the soil. It will go back there. But the soul that is our embodiment will go back to God, the owner. And it is in quietness that your soul can communicate with God. The Bible says in Psalm 46 verse 10, Cease striving, stop struggling, and know that I am God. King James Version says, be still, be still, be calm, be patient, relax, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the heart. God is God. Whether what you expect come to pass or not, he does not change who he is. Whether it aligns with your finite understanding of the scheme of things, he does not change who he is. I don't understand why Nigerians are worried about who becomes the president of this country. I don't know that they will drag the church of God into the mud because of it. Then we become political prophets with seeing vision all over the place. God does not operate like that. He says, stop striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the land. Become. Because that's what patience means. Become. Be quiet. It is in quietness that you will redeem your soul. Patience connects your soul to its source. When you are patient, your soul will enact music. It will shock you where it came from. I cannot remember the, 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 the song again, but the man that composed it, we read the history of the song. He lost his wife, he lost his children, he lost his house, everything got burnt down. And it was in the quietness of that experience that he gave us one of the fantastic hymns that we sing in church today. Maybe you remember the song. Most of the powerful songs that have been composed in this world, they were in the... What do you say, ma? It is well. Thank you. Most of the powerful songs that have been composed today came from the place of quietness, not in the place of metallic music, not in the clubhouse, where they play every music with funny, funny lights. When you are in your quiet place your heart will sing and this we, we also produce powerful prayers and that's why Jesus told the people in Matthew 6, 6 he says but you when you pray go into your inner room 
The inner room is not only physical. Go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your father who is in the secret. You see? It's not just physical room. Hannah entered into a secret room in the temple. She was oblivious of the party that was going on around her. She cried unto God. And the prophet thought she was drunk. And that's what gave back to Isaac. Uh, sorry, to King, uh, Prophet Samuel. Patience produces meditation. Psalm 37 verse 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. I don't know why the psalmist is comparing resting in the Lord and waiting before on God with wealth. But in our generation, it is clear and apt. Wealth attracts. And when you see rich people, you will think that you are not doing the right thing. That's why you are not like them. But the psalmist is saying to you, take your eye away from their wealth. Take your eye away from their prosperity. Put your rest and confidence in God and wait on him. Don't let what you see, what they say, what they do thrill you or, or weakens you or, 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 or weigh you down. You rest in the Lord. You wait on the Lord. And you see God arise for you. Patience means hope. In Job 14, verses 7 to 9, because the question I ask about those four people was that what were they doing between when they knew God would bless them and when God blessed them, they were waiting. They had hope. What did Job say in chapter 14, verses 7 to 9? For there is hope of a tree if it be cut down that it will sprout again hallelujah Amen. your business is down it will rise again Amen. your business is going through difficult times now it will rise again Amen. you have failed you are falling into sin you have been tempted and you do not have power to overcome and the hosts of hell, they are mocking and laughing at you. You will rise again in the name of Jesus. Because there is hope of a tree that if it be cut down, it will sprout again and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth and the stalk thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud, and it will bring forth boughs like a plant. It is God who waters. It is not the tree that waters itself. It is God who waters. It is not Paul who planted it alone that waters. It is God who waters. It is not the effort of Apollos. It is not by your strength that you will prevail. 
It is not by your strategic thinking that you will prevail. It is not by your ingenuity that you will prevail. It is when you wait upon the Lord. That He will give you new strength. So that if you have gone past the age of running, you can walk. If you are still running, you will not be weary. If you are walking, you will not faint. And as you wait, you plan. Planning means to reflect, to clarify, to resolve, to renew, and to relaunch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those who wait upon the Lord, they receive new strength like never before, such that they mount with wings like eagles. Because by age five, eagles' wings is fed as they are strong and matured to carry it into the high heavens where it is destined for. You are destined for the top. It does not matter your circumstance today. You are destined for the top. It does not matter where you live today. You are destined for the top. It does not matter what you are going through today. But brethren, you must learn to wait upon the Lord. You must learn to wait upon Him. You must learn to trust Him. In your quietness, you will deliver your soul. In your hope, you will rise again. Please rise on your feet and let us begin to pray. Father, my heart sometimes is shaky. My faith sometimes is weak. Tonight, renew my strength. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Tonight, Baba, I look up unto you. Renew my strength. I look up unto you. Renew my strength. I am sometimes discouraged. There is no reason to pretend before your father. He is your father. He knows already. He knows the things that you are going through. He knows the challenges that you are facing. So, Kuku, tell him in the place of prayer. Nobody is listening to your petition. Nobody is listening to your prayer. There is no prophet Eli that goes around the temple this evening. Just talk to him. Lord, I'm tired. Lord, I'm discouraged. I crown to you this evening, renew my strength. I am overwhelmed by things around me. I'm overwhelmed by the burdens that I carry. Burdens, this heavy load, I'm overwhelmed by them. Lord, help me. Help me. Send help to me tonight. In the name of Jesus. Teach me to wait upon you and bless me as I do so. Bless me as I do so. In the mighty name of Jesus.